Okay. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite film podcast, The Average Film Enjoyer. We are your average film enjoyers. We got uh, me and Jagger here today, and we have a huge announcement. Uh, so, obviously, Evan is back again. We've had him on for two out of the last three episodes, and we are so excited to announce that Evan is officially now a fellow Average Film Enjoyer. He will be joining us as our third co-host, which is very exciting. Uh, Me and Jagger are both very excited. Um, Evan, people have already listened to you in this podcast, but you just want to tell tell them a little little bit about yourself? Yeah, I I love movies. I love all kinds of movies. I love every genre. I watch a lot of them. You know, I got some hot takes. Yeah, not that not that many hot takes, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm here to provide commentary that I hope is entertaining and fun. Yeah, fun fact about Evan: uh, out of anyone's letterboxed I have ever seen, also Jagger is on vacation right now, so he is currently recording the episode. (laughs) in his hotel bathroom. So please bear with us if you are watching this. Uh, fun fact about Evan, I've never seen a Letterboxd account with a higher percentage of five-star ratings than Evan's. Yeah, you know, um, I-, I love to love movies. That's my thing, you know? That's that's valid. Terrifier that's 2. Terrifier 2 is one that a lot of people in the Real Talk Discord bring up. I love, I love that movie. Too. Yeah. I just, you know, if a movie makes me happy and it's good, it's probably getting five stars. That's not valid. all of them, but yeah, yeah. I just, we're, I just we're, love we're to love big movies fans of ter- the Terrifier movies on this. Hell podcast. yeah! Uh, I, I prefer the second one. Jagger prefers yeah. the first one. Really? Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, we'll have to talk uh, about that at some point. <laughs> but yeah, Evan is now officially a uh, co-host of Woo-hoo. our podcast. I'm super very excited. Exciting. Uh, first, before we get into movie news and all that good stuff, fellas. I want to start doing a segment, movie question of the day. So the question today is, and I'm going to, I'm not going to tell you beforehand. I I want to like your instant reaction answers. The question of the day is, uh, if you could have the powers of any X-Men character, who would it be? And why? I mean, Wolverine is the top primo choice because you know, the regeneration is really sick. Yeah. Jagger. Um Yeah, I'd probably go with Wolverine, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, think I mean a totally fair choice. I mean De- it, Deadpool makes a brief appearance in X Men Origins Wolverine, so Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. So, and I'm assuming we're talking Wolverine post adamantium surgery. Yeah. I mean Magneto's okay. pretty pretty sick too, but that that's also a blessing and a curse. Yeah. I mean, Human Torch is a pretty cool party trick. That's Fantastic Four. Yeah. Oh, that's Fantastic Four. My God. Sorry, hey, man. Not- he was, knowing how big the Marvel Universe is, comics included, he was probably in the X-Men at least once. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Sorry. The real go-to answer here. I mean, Storm's pretty sick, too. Like, the X-Men just have sick-ass powers, all of them. Like, I feel like yeah. any is a valid choice. What about you, Trey? What's your pick? Uh, I mean, I've always been a Wolverine guy, but I've been thinking on it, and I think I would go... Uh, I think I'd go Beast. Hank McCoy. That's a good that's one. His name? 
Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Or Havoc. Uh, Alex Summers, uh, where he can shoot the energy. I don't know. He was in first class, and then he was in Days of Future Past for like five minutes. Um, I really wish they had utilized him more. He was cool. Uh, but yeah, him. He's cool, too. Um, well, yeah, that's the movie question of the day. Let's get in some new, into some movie news, fellas. Um, not that exciting of a week. Um, I mean, I know this is old news, but I took a look at, I took a second look at our Golden Globe nominees for like best supporting actress and all that stuff. The fact that Rachel, and I want to get your guys' opinion on this, the fact that Rachel McAdams is not nominated for best supporting actress in a comedy or musical for are you there god it's me margaret margaret and jennifer lawrence is is a travesty it's criminal <clears throat> it really is i am are you there god? it is so fucking good it really is it took me by surprise i like, saw that on like a double feature day i went to do a double feature and i saw air and are you oh there, my god? god what an insane double feature <laughs> yeah it was real tonal change um, but I was like genuinely surprised by how good it was. Um, I loved it. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, I mean, if you look at the motion picture musical or comedy, Natalie Portman is snuck in here somehow. May December is not a comedy. We've like, no, that's crazy. Take that shit out, put her in drama and put in, well, I guess that's, uh, you know, best actress. She's probably in supporting it. Yeah. Um, but uh, still, Andrew, like you said, oh yeah, go ahead. Like even Julianne Moore is in comedy, or oh I guess oh best supporting is just any motion picture. Sorry, I haven't looked at the Golden Globe noms in a while. Yeah, I would I would have her in there in a heartbeat. She's amazing, and that movie is just pure feel good goodness. Yeah, Jagger, you said you hadn't seen that one quite yet. Uh, are you there, guys? Me, Margaret. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard it's good, though. Um, it's awesome. It's really good. I would definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, Benny Safdie is in it as well, and he's always a delight. Um, we love the Safdie brothers. Uh, I mean, yeah, again, it's not a too heavy of a week on movie news. Not too many announcements. Um, not too many, like, big, big headlines. Yeah, it's probably going to be pretty week. quiet for the rest of the um, year i mean yeah our have next either, big thing is the oscar nominations in a couple months yeah have either of you checked out the new percy jackson yes okay not. jagger have you gotten around to it yet no i've not i'm fully you caught haven't? up on it okay yeah you are okay yeah i'm fully what caught do you up think, Evan? because i love I, it i'm re i'm a huge fan of that whole universe like right. i grew up on the yeah. books me too. I think me and you are right around this right age to have like those were coming yeah. out in like elementary and middle school and I would like religiously read them. Me too. And I'm loving that they actually cast uh, and apparently now Jagger is going to take a poop while we record. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I love that they cast and it's the same reason for why I'm excited for the Harry Potter TV show is they cast these young kids 
So yeah. the fact that they can get into more of the universe. Um, right. Because I, I love I love the first movie with Logan Lerman, but they cast him way too old. The second one was an extreme disappointment, but the first one kind of banged. Yeah. Um, but I'm loving it so far. The editing feels a little weird at moments, but the casting has really well done. The acting is great. The visual effects are oddly really well done. Um, what are your thoughts? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, I am really enjoying it. The first episode was great, you know, kind of a, easing into the characters and the mythology. Yeah. Second episode, I thought, was a little slow. I mean, it built up Annabeth's character a lot, though, which is really mm-hmm. good. <clears throat> and I thought the third episode was just a ton of fun. The capture of the flag was just a blast to watch. And yeah, yeah. The, the, the effects are really fun. They're... Yeah, I just think it's a lot of fun. It's a really, really good time. It's nothing crazy, like, so far. Mm -hmm. It's not, like, gonna, you know, I don't think it'll win any Emmys. But honestly, I, yeah, like you said, I grew up, I grew up with Percy Jackson. I remember I got, I had all the books. And when The Last Olympian came out, the fifth book, I got it with, like, a Mm hardcover. And that shit was, like, my prized possession. Like, I love these books. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm having a lot of fun with them. I'm I've been watching with my girlfriend. I don't remember the books super well. She remembers them very well. So she's like, "Oh my god, I'm so excited for this and this and this." So that's yeah. kind of fun. I I wish I remembered the books more. I I mm-hmm. I kind of have like an inkling to go re reread them because they're oh, you know yeah, they're probably dude, pretty they're quick so easy good. reads. I yeah. read them at the beginning of COVID when COVID hit. I was right. like, you know, what? I'm gonna reread the Percy Jack, and then I went through. Uh, the law, whatever the one after that, where they introduce like all the Roman gods. Yeah, I, I haven't I read, that yet. read that. No. But, oh, that's like a whole five book series, and that's even better. Um, oh, really? They're just so damn good, and I'm Check so happy that they're doing this. Oh yeah, yeah, those it's books kind are of even uh... better. They introduce like a bunch of new characters, and it's kind of, I mean, it's similar yeah. but different to the the scott pilgrim animated show on netflix you get this classic childhood book that gets turned i mean the scott pilgrim show is just phenomenal and i had those Mm -hmm. scott pilgrim books too that was the exact same i remember doing a book report on them in like the fifth grade or something like that like i love scott pilgrim so it's really cool seeing them turned into works that aren't complete shit because yeah you know there was a lot of that in like the the mid 2000s to 2010s there was a lot of adaptations like allegiant and divergent those were really bad so it's nice to see a change it's nice to see a change with some good adaptations yeah for sure um yeah let's just get in i mean there's not really too much else that is worthy of touching on uh so let's get into uh, instead of doing 2023 uh, releases today, which is what we would usually do right here, uh, the three of us will be going over our uh, top 10 of the year. This is our last episode before the new year, before 2024. So we will uh, be going over our top 10 films of the year and uh, what we've been enjoying. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to Jagger and Willem Dafoe over there. Uh, Jagger, you want to give us your uh, number starting at number 10 and give us your number 10 to number 6? Alright, so my number 10 is Inside, starring Willem Dafoe. 
Uh, my number nine is Anatomy of a Fall. Number eight for me is Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, seven is Barbie. And six is Bo is Afraid. There's some massive W's on there. Uh, there and is. then what about you? Ten to six. Yeah, okay. I'm going to preface this that my number five is a meme pick uh, that I will touch on later. So I'm going to start at 11 and go 11 to six because number five is not that real. That works. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, starting us off at number 11 is Godzilla minus one. This movie is fucking insane. I saw this in IMAX. I am not a Godzilla fan. I hated Godzilla 2014. I thought it was painfully boring. So my brother texts me and he's like, you want to go see Godzilla? I'm, I'm rambling, but I'm just going to touch on it. I was, I had had zero expectations for this movie. He was like, you want to go? And I was like, sure. This movie blew me away. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Go see it. See it in the theater. Yes. Num- number 10 is Killers of the Flower Moon. Number 9, Suzume. Phenomenal. Also my first uh, Japanese animated movie. Loved it. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, number 8, John Wick Chapter 4. Just fucking peak. That's it. Uh, yeah. My next two picks are ones I don't know if either of you have seen. Number 7, I Like Movies. This is a coming-of-age movie set no. in the early 2000s to 90s. It stars yeah. a fucking film bro, Mega Chad, who says he would rather watch Goodfellas than jerking off. That's one of the first <laughs> lines. In, it's literally one of the first lines in the movie. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. It's amazing. It's really, <laughs> really good. I highly recommend it. This guy is a fucking Chad. Yeah, I think you guys would really like it. Number six, Sanctuary. This movie is insane. It's two people for the entire film. It's a powerhouse acting performance from both of them. Very, very horny. Very, very good. I love the ending. Is that the one with Margot Qualley? Yeah, and uh, Christopher Abbott. It's really good. I really like her. So, yeah, that's my my list for now. Yeah, Um, for me... Oh, man. (laughs) it's a fucking chad dude uh yeah watch it for me number 10 i have barbie um i believe a four and a half yeah four and a half uh absolutely loved it just so good uh and then i have asteroid city at number nine um wes anderson's masterpiece besides fantastic mr fox interesting Uh, and then Bo is afraid at number eight uh Please don't destroy the treasure of Foggy Mountain, uh, which if Evan, me and Jagger have talked about this, but Evan, oh, my dogs just got home, so you can probably hear them. Uh, Evan, I don't know if you are an SNL guy. I am. Uh, Okay, so you know the Please Don't Destroy guys? I don't, but. Oh, currently they're on the show and they have like a sketch every week and it's like Tim Robin to Tim Robbins. Oh, yeah. Love like ty- like I think you should leave type humor and they yeah, make a yeah. whole movie. Okay, I gotta watch that. So that's my number seven. And then at number six, I have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. James Gunn's apology letter to the M- fans of the oh MCU. That movie is so good. What I a have W! Never cried. So that. So here, here. Uh, just to go on a quick uh, little uh, whatever you call it, like uh, I don't know, just to digress a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so I saw, I don't know if I've talked about this on the pod. I remember seeing the first Guardians in the theater. I was probably like 13 or 14. My older sister was having a wedding shower and my, me and my dad needed to be out of the house. So we were like, hey, let's go check out the new Marvel movie, Guardians. 
And I was like, cool, I'm down. Uh, and I remember being blown away. I remember being like, holy cow, this is my new favorite movie. And then going to see that in the theater and that final 30 minutes where everything, they're kind of like going their separate ways and also looking at like all the things I've been through since seeing that first one and how much these characters have meant to me and how much I have gone through and how much I've grown up. It was like watching a little bit of my childhood die. And <laughs> so it, I was just in the theater for the last like 30 minutes, just sobbing. Um, and I don't know, Evan, if you, I mean, I think everybody cried at that movie, but oh, I, I, I counted it. I cried six times when the first time I saw guardians of the galaxy volume. Dude, three. it's so emotional. Yeah, it's no, crazy. dude, it, it, it was like just little one liners too would have me tearing up. Yeah. And like, uh, I can't listen to, uh, dog days are over by Florence oh, on the God. machine now. Uh, because it makes me emotional. <laughs> Dude, I see this TikTok. I used to see it a lot when the movie came out, and it was the singer of Florence and the Machine watching the final scene of Guardians of the Galaxy, and she's just yeah. fucking sobbing, and it made me cry so much just seeing the yeah. emotion in her eyes and thinking about me like watching it. Yeah, no, that final scene is just perfect. Yeah, it's just an immaculate film. One of my favorites from the MCU. I think probably top five, maybe it's... top ten. It's top um, three for me. But yeah, that's number six. Yeah. Really? Nice. I don't know where I have it in my MCU yeah. rankings. Well, you know, I'm not um, an MCU. I, I think I think it might be number six for me or number five. Nice. Um, but Jagger, you want to give us your number five favorite movie of the year? My number five is um, Tommy Wiseau's Big Shark. You watched it? You. Bro, yeah. I want to see it so fucking bad. It came, like, pretty nearby, and I got to meet Tommy Wiseau. And Hell I, yeah. That escalated the experience and all, but whatever it may be, it was one of the funniest things I've seen in my entire life. Dude, I need to watch it. I have a signed picture of Tommy Wiseau in my room. Because <laughs> I bought something from his website for my brother's, uh, for Christmas, and he sent me a signed picture, and it was like, much love, Evan happy or merry christmas and it's just a, like a picture of him that's wild <laughs> i gotta find it some, it's 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 somewhere i gotta find it i'll send a picture of it yeah it's, okay it, for sure he recaptured lightning in a bottle because the room was brilliant and i thought he wouldn't be able to do it as good again and big shark does it maybe better it's, okay i need to watch this movie like asap <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Evan, what about you? Number five of the year. Yeah. So my number five is Choppa City Queens from the goat Jeff Prophet. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I will be very brief on this movie because it's very much a meme pick. And I think Jeff Prophet is just a goat in really funny movies. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's it's Queens of the Trap House level. He's in it a lot more than normal. <sighs> and he just plays this like gun runner. So instead of touching a Choppa City Queens, I want to talk a little bit more about Sanctuary. That's why I went through 11, because Choppa City Queens yeah. is not a real pick. Yeah. Yeah. So I love Margaret Qualley from The Leftovers. It's my favorite TV show of all time. It's on HBO. It's yeah. it's incredible. It is. I, I've seen it like four times now. It has so much human emotion behind it. So I already loved Margaret Qualley going into this. 
this movie blew me away. I've seen it three times now, I think. I wish I got to see it in theaters. It is, it's twisted and it's funny and it's really suspenseful at times. It's got a great like pacing, even though it's only two people, it blows by and it's got a super like devilish twisted ending. I highly recommend this to everyone. Maybe like don't watch it with your parents because it's like super horny because it's about a dominatrix and her submissive. But I love Sanctuary. Yeah, it's it's awesome. The the performances are just so good. I'm kind of sad Margaret Qualley isn't getting any recognition at award shows because she deserves it. Yeah, there's always going to be people that don't get recognition. Yeah, deserve it. Um, but my number five for the year is my number two ranked David Fincher film. Uh, oh, the shit. killer W um, just a, st- a stylistic master class. Um, if you're a fan of Michael Fassbender, you're going to love this movie. Um, if you're a fan of the Smiths, you're going to love this movie. Um, <laughs> it is just so well done. It's, it's, it's clean. It's, it's sharp. And it, God, it's just, what a masterpiece, man. Maybe the best fight scene of the year. Maybe the best fight scene of the year. I haven't seen John Wick yet. Um, Oh, really? It's, it, that, that house fight scene is John Wick level. It's crazy. The sound design is just crazy in that scene. It's immaculate. Oh my God. Like Um, the killer has maybe the best sound design of the year. Okay. It's so good. Uh, I'll move past it. Jagger, number four. Number four. My number four is Asteroid City, which if we're going to talk stylistic, I don't <laughs> the killers within the conversation when Asteroid City comes up. Um, maybe Wes Anderson's masterpiece. I'd fight for it. Uh, I think that it is incredible. I think that the narrative is great. I think the cuts from like the black and white behind the scenes to the full saturation or highly saturated god I'm stumbling over my words highly saturated asteroid city story and cutting in between them i think that it's brilliantly done um i think the acting is great the lines are witty and quirky enough to be this perfect wes anderson like very you can see it's a passion project for him um and i think that it is great w um and evan number four yeah number Give four uh unfortunately i do not have asteroid city on my top 10 i don't like that movie <laughs> i think it's, I think it's, it's bottom tier wes anderson it, here's the thing if you don't fully buy into him as a director you're gonna hate that's that the thing movie. i do buy into it i have multiple of his movies at a five star huh. I hate the French Dispatch, and I do not like Asteroid City. French Dispatch is like a one out of five, for, and Asteroid City is like two point five for me. Weird. Yeah, but I do like Wes Anderson. I've been going through his filmography. Anyway, number four for me is The Holdovers. This is the maybe the coziest movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Yep. It feels like a warm hug. It's just fucking perfect. It is funny and sad and heartfelt. Mm-hmm. Paul Giamatti kills it dominic sessa is out of this world and it's crazy i don't know if you guys know about him but they wanted to film this movie at a school so when they were picking schools they auditioned some of the students and they found dominic sessa i'm pretty sure that's his name yeah yeah and 
he had never acted before and they auditioned him and that's his first ever movie he wasn't an actor you know he was in that's drama crazy. and music and theater that's how they found him was just going <laughs> through picking schools it's well, crazy he was perfect it, I this can't think of yeah no better. i i love the holdovers i've seen it twice now it has the most amazing vibes the soundtrack is so insanely goaded Mm-hmm. The supporting cast is great. I think the ending is really, really nice and heartfelt. It's just a, yeah. it's just a cozy, loving movie. I really like it. It's got that dead poet society just blanket of warmth to it. Yeah, yeah. could not agree more. Um, coming up at my number four. We're d- yeah, we're on number four. Uh, what I believe to quite possibly be the best horror uh, of this decade. Uh, what I believe is a masterpiece in the horror genre, um, influenced by such directors as Jordan Peele and Ari Aster. Uh, I, at my number four pick, have talked to me by the w. Philip. P- I don't know how to say their last name. Philippu. That sounds right. Actually, no, it doesn't. But it sounds close enough. Uh, by those brothers. Um, this was an immaculate film. The camera, anywhere from the camera work to the banging score to the completely original delivery of that kind of like demon horror, it was just so damn good. Um, That's great. And it, I mean, Sophia Wilde, like top three horror performances of the year, I think. Um, I think top two, Alyssa Sutherland in Evil Dead Rise holds the number one for me. I want to talk about Evil Dead Rise after this. We will. We will. Yeah. Uh, But Sophia Wilde is a tight number two. Oh, it's so Um, good. And I I mean, it's just like so extremely. It doesn't have to rely on jump scares to scare Mm. you. It's just like, we're going to scare you and you're going to be scared. And I absolutely loved it. So that's. Why Talk To Me is my number four. Yeah, I just want to say something about Talk To Me really quick because it's not yeah, in my top ten, ahead. but I really I really, really love it. I have it at four and a half. Um, yeah. One thing about Talk To Me I love is that it's not the scariest horror movie, but yeah. holy shit, this movie is phenomenal. It is good without being scary, and I've seen comp- like people say, oh, it's not scary. That doesn't mean it's bad. It has such well-acted characters. The supporting mm-hmm. characters, which are usually the downfall in most horror movies, are yeah. awesome. They're funny. It has a sick balance between humor and gore and humor, and it's just, and it's just so, so good. The montage... You yeah. know what I'm talking about if you've seen exactly. this movie. Yep. is maybe the best scene of the year. It is so fucking good. Yeah, Talk yes. To Me is awesome. Sorry, yeah, I just had to get that and out. And also, shout out to the makeup team on Talk To yes. Me. I mean, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Some of talk those visuals awesome. were just like, oh, I might need to go hurl. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, talk To Me is amazing. Jagger, yeah, do you like it? Oh, I love it. I think that it's it's so much fun. I was in theaters twice. Um, and I just think... Not scary, in my opinion, like you said, Mm -hmm. I think. But that aside, it's just such a fun watch. And it's sort of a movie that's like, whether you're watching it alone with friends, it's just a movie that will mesh with any situation when it Mm -hmm. comes to a horror fan in any I 100% agree. Yeah, it's just an immaculate film. Um, 
All right, Jagger, number three of the year. We are getting into the our, the top three of the year. So give us your number three. My number three, I'm going to bring it back to the holdovers. I think that if this movie swept the Oscars, which I know it won't, but in a perfect world, I think that I would be so happy with that. Um, Paul Giamatti's never gotten an Oscar because he's never really been taken seriously in a lot of his roles. Uh, I really think he does deserve it at some point or another, whether it be this year or not. I think Alex Payne is an incredible director. I think Dominic Sessa, especially after hearing that story, I think that is an incredible, incredible situation and a real breakout performance that I would love to see him act more in the future. He pursues it. Um, I think Divine Joy Randolph gives an incredible performance. Mm, so good. This is a movie that made me laugh more than most other movies this year and a movie that made me cry more than most other movies this year. I think that it is absolutely wonderful, and I would just love to see this movie get the recognition that it so incredibly deserves. Yeah. Yeah, it's immaculate. Um, Evan, what about you? Number three of the year. My number three is Past Lives. <clears throat> okay. W. Talk about a fucking jolt to the heart. Like, this movie is so insanely human. Mm-hmm. It is it starts out and it's this touching story about two kids and you know, they're just close friends and you kind of see where it's going. I mean, if you read the synopsis, you know, but yeah, good Lord past lives has so many moments that just crush your soul. Like I'm trying, I saw a tweet today again of a scene where Greta Lee is laying in bed with her husband and he's Mm -hmm. saying, you dream in a language that I don't understand. Like he says, you exist in a whole world that I'm not able to comprehend. And how yeah. insane is that dialogue? Yeah, like, just that this, whole movie watching yeah. her her husband just get absolutely cucked. Cucked, it's yeah, it's crazy. So like Cam on the real talk, he's like, I've never felt so sad getting watching a cuckold before. Like this <laughs> movie is so insanely full of human emotion, and it's so just beautiful. It's really beautiful, and it has behind Oppenheimer my favorite score of the year I love the score it fits every scene perfectly it's just it's hard to describe Mm -hmm. it a lot of the time but I just think that it has this really unique touch to it where it feels very real yeah I love and hate the ending um we don't have to get into spoilers um but yeah, I'm I'm planning on watching it tomorrow. Oh, hopefully. you haven't seen it yet. Okay. No, I'm gonna watch it. My mom yeah. wants to watch some Golden Globe noms. Gotcha. And she was like, Maybe we'll watch Anatomy of the Fall. And I was like, Yeah, it's a two and a half hour French film. And she was yeah. like, Oh, maybe not. How about this one? Gotcha. Past lives. And I'm like, Oh, I'm down. I haven't gotten to it. And one yet. thing about past lives I have to commend. This movie has some of the best pacing I've ever seen in my entire life. It feels like a forty five minute TV show episode. It's crazy. Love it that. blows past. The performances are great. It has a really good balance between making you super depressed and also making you feel happy and nostalgic from these two people reuniting after mm-hmm. all these years. It's really great. I highly recommend it. Yeah. So Past Lives is my number three. Cool. Uh, number three for me, um, the film that I think should win Best Animated Feature. Um, it, wow. So that's crazy. It currently sits at number 20 um, on Letterboxd Top 250. Uh, and that is Spider-Man Across the Vi- Spider-Verse. Um, easily one of the most visually stunning films I've ever seen. Uh, 
it's just so such a beautiful film to watch and look at um insanely well paced i think it's around two and a half hours it's like 220 yeah yeah it's, but it's, it it's it, long it, yeah. like if that movie had been another two hours it, i would have been so happy yeah i it's really just, hope they do beyond and across in a double feature when beyond finally comes out yeah i is just just so so excellent voice acting was incredible uh oscar isaac was so good as miguel o'hara and it it was just such a blast to see that in the theater um so yeah that's why that's it i would number three i would love to touch on across the spider-verse for just a minute yeah go ahead uh number one when i saw this movie i mean my my cinema experience was not the greatest because the man beside me was eating hot wings and uh oh we lost trey okay no Trey's I, back. i'm still here i'm still here you oh okay gotcha on. yeah so uh the guy beside me was eating hot wings and because i saw it at the vip theater which is not uh, 18 and up because i didn't really want kids in my showing i'm not gonna lie gotcha. uh and he had retainers and he plopped them out and he put them in the cup holder Ugh. Yeah, and at the end of the movie, he put them straight back in his mouth. He didn't wipe them off or anything, and I thought it was the grossest thing ever. That's so bad. Out of the movie, it was so nasty, bro. Um. Anyway, touching on the movie, I think it's phenomenal. I said, I saw this with my girlfriend. And I said to her multiple times for me, I was like, "How is this a real movie? Like, it kicks off with a fucking bang with Gwen Stacy. The first like twenty minutes is just so electric." Yeah. I do have issues with the ending of this movie. I feel that it's a hard movie to rewatch because it doesn't feel super complete. And I think about Beyond the Spider-Verse and if it's if it's bad, I think it might kind of soil the whole story because Across the Spider-Verse is so reliant on that cliffhanger ending. So do you do you mind if i comment on no i really wanted to dialogue uh, about this yeah so first of all the thing you said about gwen stacy that's one of the things i loved about this film yeah so no she's my favorite character every single world you go into it had a different animation style yeah every the animation the animation um, in gwen's world was beautiful the walls yeah. moving and changing color palettes based on mm -hmm. her emotions beautiful yeah and one thing that uh, a lot of people didn't know going into this, which is why I think so many people were angry about this ending, is that the movie Across the Spider-Verse was originally called Beyond the Spider-Verse Part 1. Yeah. And it was going to be Beyond the Spider-Verse Part 2. Uh, so then when, they, when it came out as Across the Spider-Verse, people were very angry that it left it on a cliffhanger. But it's it's supposed to be like part one and part two. Yeah. You know? Um and I, I mean I trust I trust them. They've given us two just immaculate, perfect animated superhero films yeah. so far. And I really don't see them like getting anything below like a four and a half on no. this next one. Um I fully so... agree. And when I think about it like i love the movie i it's yeah. uh, it's definitely it's in my top 15 i think top 20 um yeah. i i kind of think about other part ones i still haven't seen mission impossible dead reckoning part one yet so i can't comment on that one yet yeah but i think about dune dune stands insanely well on its own it is such a yeah. fucking masterpiece yeah and then i think about one of the big ones that ends on a cliffhanger that kind of relies on part two is the deathly hollows part one 
this the best, movie the best Harry Potter movie. Let's be let's be careful, okay? Let like come on. <laughs> let's let's not let's not joke around. Deathly Hollows Part One is a flawed movie, but it's great. I think the, the, I think the pacing is a bit off. I really do love it. I think it has such beautiful tender moments between Harry and Hermione. Ron is a fucking annoying little squirt in this movie. Like, yeah, take I mean, take the necklace off, movie. bro. Like, take the necklace off. Like, let, I don't even want to get into Goblet of Fire when he's like going through other people to talk to Harry. That is just exhausting. Yeah, because Ron but, is not a good friend. No, and he's not particularly a good character. Um, but, but Deathly Hollows <laughs> Part 1 has maybe my favorite cliffhanger ending ever with yeah. Voldemort shooting that shit into the sky once he finds the Master Wand. It is amazing. Yeah. So I find that Across the Spider-Verse didn't quite leave me with that same satisfaction that other Part 1s have given me. I still love it, but it didn't give me that feeling of oh my god like i kind of i mean i had some stuff spoiled because i didn't see it right away maybe that and you know kind of affects it but yeah yeah if i yeah um somewhat sort of defend the across the spider-verse ending because i'm a fan of it i think that that's how a lot of comic books end and a movie like that where they go out of their way to make it feel like a comic book um I think that having that ending sort of is just a wraparound of the comic book feeling. That's um, fair. And if anything else to just say about the movie, uh, Spider-Punk, who I think was an awesome character. The goat. Yeah, great character. I think the fact that they had his timing of animation like a few frames per second. It was, yeah, that's crazy. It was I think very that, cool. Um, so, yeah, I have that movie. At my number twenty of the year, I believe. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. One last uh, thing I want to say about yeah, Across the Spider Verse: the India segment was fucking amazing. It was hilarious. The animation was out of this world, and I can't remember his name, but that was far and away the most entertaining part of the movie for me. Like, oh my yeah. god! And talk about a perfect villain for a comic book movie. The spot, crazy. So good. I, and that's what I'm so excited for. One last thing before we get to... No, yeah, we can keep going. God, there's so much to break down with this film. Uh, I'm so... The way that they kind of, like, made Miguel O'Hara the... I don't want to say villain, because I don't think he was a villain. No, yeah. He was an antagonist. But the way they kind of, like, oh, this spot guy, he's, like, insanely powerful now. But we're going to wait till next movie to give you that. It's, like, more to look forward to. Yeah, uh, which Jason Schwartzman, Jason Schwartzman, what a casting, man! What a perfect yeah. casting. Like the spot starts out as this goofy ass villain, you know, he's got bread passing through his holes, and then yeah. <laughs> it cuts to when his animation gets all sketchy, and yeah. it looks like it was just scribbled a pencil, and it is terrifying. It's genuinely terrifying. Yeah, so uh, fucking good. Yeah, yeah. So with that, Jagger, you want to give us your number two? Actually, right. like to kind of just give us, let's do our two and ones together. So give us your number two and your number one. Okay, if I quickly give some honorable mentions though that did not make my list, and I yes. know they didn't other parts of anyone's list that I yeah recognition to. Maestro, absolutely incredible. Bottoms, I love that. Bottoms, so funny. Scylla, I think Scylla is 
peak Sofia Coppola. Four and a half stars, brilliant. Skinnamarink, I loved. I loved. Uh, Evil Dead Rise, we'll come back to that. Uh, the Flash was a lot of fun. I will sit here and defend The Flash. I'll die on that hill. You're lucky uh, my camera's off. <laughs> <laughs> Such a shit movie. It was um, there. I will say this. There's parts that I definitely enjoyed. And Ezra Miller, you're a terrible person and you deserve to go to jail for the rest of your life. But yeah. I do love you as the flash. I think it's an excellent casting. And I think he really shines in that role. Yeah. Even though he's a terrible, terrible, terrible person. Uh, <laughs> just want to make that clear. Um, and seeing right. Michael Keaton back okay. at, back in the Batman suit was, is exciting. But it's just the CGI, man. It it's looks so bad. so bad. It's so bad. It's um, but to separate the art from the artist, he does give it a flash performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just had a lot of fun with this movie. I think going to see it in the theater with my friends was just a good experience for me. Yeah. I'll just give it the, I don't know, benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, oh. Oh, we lost him. Uh, oh, he's back. You're back. Okay, he's you're back, back, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. My number two and my number one are Killers of the Flower Moon at number two and Poor Things at number one to sort of just break them down. Killers of the Flower Moon was really, in my mind, the magnum opus of the year. Uh, it gives It's an incredible film all around. Uh, oh, boring for some. I was the only one awake in the theater by the end of the movie. <laughs> um, but I think that it had great acting. Uh, I think Robert De Niro was great. And I think that it's one of my favorite pairings of Robert De Niro and Mark. I think that it's an incredibly relevant film. I think that it is highly entertaining in my mind. Uh, and I think that it is a film that got a lot of hate this year for people that just can't accept the movie that is that long and that drawn out. Maybe some people find it to drag a little bit. And I understand that. It's not going to be for everyone. But I found it to be incredibly impressive technically and conceptually, entertainment-wise. I loved it. Uh, and to bring Oh. Hey, we lost you. Okay, again. we're back. Bring, we're back, though. Okay. To bring it to Poor Things, uh, Poor Things is a movie that I had a lot of fun trying to interpret. I also had a really great time with the movie itself. I found it highly entertaining, a lot of incredible performances. Uh, hilarious. I would say it's the funniest movie of the year. I think that it was a blast. It was also very dramatic, kind of emotional at points. Yeah. Um, and I think that... With the if they had, were to cut like one two things, I think that it could have been a perfect film. I have yeah. I think that it is an absolute masterclass of filmmaking. Yeah, Evan, what about you? Number two and number okay. one year. Yeah, with any drop, honorable mentions. Yeah, you I was gonna say. Yeah, I'll drop already. Okay, honorable mentions. Jagger to talk or we already talked about it. Bo's afraid. I love it. I love Ari Aster. I think he's my favorite of Eggers or Eggers Aster Peel. Yeah. Well, we, we should we should do an episode about them at some point. If you we haven't already. We definitely will. Yes. Okay. Uh, because I'm, I'm need, in the same boat as you. I need to shout out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Motherfucking Mayhem. This, I have this higher than Across the Spider-Verse. I think this movie is hysterical. It is so much fun. The animation's amazing. It has a insane cast. I mm-hmm. love this movie. Yeah. I... Yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about it. It's great. Uh, Barbie should be in my top ten. 
I have 19 five stars this year, so mm-hmm. it's a five star. Take that as you will. I love Barbie. Yeah. Um, Air. Air is amazing. I don't like sports movies, really. I don't watch sports, so I kind of went into this with no expectations. But Air is just amazing. It's a feel-good movie. It's super easy to watch. It's a total dad movie. Yes. It's just really funny, and all the performances are great. Yeah. Are you there, God? God, it's me, Margaret. Jeez. Uh, it's number 17 for me. I love it. It's great. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, you touched on it already. Amazing. Uh, Evil Dead Rise we'll get to. I want to touch on a few here, and then I'll wrap it up to my two-in-one, and I'll make it quick. May, December, I like it a lot. I don't love mm-hmm. it. I like it a lot. Saw X, this movie is crazy. It sh- it's it's so much better than it should be. Mm-hmm. The, the way they structure the film with the first half being pretty much a character study on John Kramer is just really, really well done. I yeah. love Saw X. Yeah, it's great. Talk to me. Touched on it. One that I want to touch on that I actually just saw is The Iron Claw. This movie is phenomenal. The acting performances are out of this world. Zac Efron totally deserves a Best Actor nomination. He really does. Like, The Iron Claw is great. It's got really good pacing. It's, a, it's you know, it's tight. It's quick. It's like... Uh, yeah. It, I, yeah. I, I, I wish that it was maybe a little longer to flesh it out, and I think it maybe... Uh, I think it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, everybody. We are all IMing right now and laughing about the fact that Jagger is now just sitting in the shower. (laughs) 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 Okay. Okay. Iron Claw, Evan. (laughs) Yeah. Let me me talk about the Iron Claw really quick. I. So this movie is about the Von Erichs and the curse of the Von Erich family. Yeah. This movie fully. Uh, deletes an entire brother from the from the family. It doesn't even acknowledge that he's existing because the story would be too tragic without it. With it in there, mm-hmm. I think that is ridiculous. It's a tragic movie. It's a very tragic movie. But I think that this could have been easily two and a half hours because it's around two two oh five with credits, whatever. Yeah, I think they could have pushed this to two and a half hours and writ the entire family in and fleshed out some of the things that happen towards the ending, I think that one character's the end of his arc is a bit rushed, but I really love the Iron Claw, and I hope that Zac Efron gets a, a nomination, because he's just amazing in it. It's it's really, really good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, any more shots? Missing. Missing's really great. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> the sequel that, to Surging. That That's really fun. Okay, uh, number two. Oppenheimer. It's as simple as that. Oppenheimer is a perfect film. It I've seen it yes! six times now. Oppenheimer, Jagger is blind on. It's like he didn't even watch it. Um, See, no, but Jagger, it, we we hate on him. Jagger still really, really likes it. Yeah, like, I, I think know. he has it at a four star, which I still respect. We it's we talked not, about Killian Murphy's correct. performance, and that's crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Oppenheimer is a fucking magnum opus for Christopher Nolan. He's already yeah. made so many amazing films. Oppenheimer is just incredible. This movie has insane pacing. It has it feels shorter than Napoleon and Killers of the Flower Moon. It is like some of the fastest three. It's I would argue it feels quicker than Babylon, who which is maybe my number one movie of the decade. Whoa. I love Babylon. I, I will it. agree with Evan there. This third, I 
the thing about Oppenheimer is it gets better with each watch. Yeah, and I remember I the third time I saw it, I finally went and saw it in IMAX. Oh, and it no, felt I, like it was 90 minutes. Yeah. Like, no. I was like, wow, where did the time go, man? It's this genuinely movie is crazy. so good. <laughs> I, I got it on 4K. I've seen it three times on 4K so far, just at home. And it it really blows by. It's kind of shocking how mm-hmm. fast it goes and how well done the character development is. And you see oppenheimer's pain in every single scene it's truly just a brilliant film and all the supporting characters it has maybe one of the best supporting casts ever yeah i cannot rave about oppenheimer enough um yeah <coughs> sorry uh poor things is my number one yorgos lanthimos is my favorite director so no surprise there i my God, I cannot wait till we do a spoiler talk about this fucking movie. It's so good. It's so funny. I'm seeing it again tomorrow morning, and I cannot wait to watch it again. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. It is beautiful. It's so beautiful. Like the the backdrops are insane. the The dialogue is so witty and weird, and it's got great pacing. It's long. It's two two hours twenty five minutes or something like that. It goes by quick. It. I just can't talk about it enough. Like it's. Yeah. It's awesome. It's this sure. beautiful tale of like a person just fully liberating themselves yeah. coming from nothing. Uh, okay. Yeah. One more shout out to the Pope's Exorcist. This movie fucks. Russell Crowe. Ah, you <laughs> beat me to it, dude. God damn it. <laughs> Russell Crowe on a little Vespa. Like... Yes, bro. Top three moments of the year. Yeah, man. This movie is fucking God tier. It's so <laughs> funny. Russell Crowe talking shit to demons and them him being like, "Oh, the thing I'm most afraid of is England getting losing in soccer or something like that." Like this, dude. Is he was so, so good. good because yeah, that that goes into my shout out to Pope's Exorcist, uh, absolute blast. Russy Russell who uh, Russell Crowe, <laughs> Russell Crowe riding up over a hill on a moped. And it's, it being shot and scored like it's a superhero entrance is so top three moments of the year in film. Uh, so God, Jagger, good. your angles. I think this one. I think this one really works. This one looks good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, and then yeah, he. You could tell he was just having a blast shooting that movie. Uh, re- God, such a fun horror movie. Oh, uh, so Cocaine good. Bear. Uh, a blast. Uh, I have that kind of on the same level as uh, The Pope's Exorcist, just a fun horror movie. Uh, the Blackening was super fun. I just was about to mention, I loved The Blackening. It was Blackening so funny. was really solid. Uh, Meg 2, shout out to Dumb Shark Movies. Hell yeah. Uh, that, let's see, what else? Uh, Blackberry, I want to shout out. Glenn Howerton to watch that. needs to get a Best Supporting Actor nomination. Um, I mean, Knock at the Cabin was super solid. Cobweb, uh, which I liked Cobweb. With, yeah, with Lizzie Kaplan and uh, Anthony Starr. That yeah. was excellent. That was so good and so creepy. Yeah, um, really good. Uh, what are you guys have already? I mean, Exorcist, obviously. Uh, Reality with Sydney Sweeney was excellent. Really good. Um, yeah. Also, I shout mean, out to Dumb Money. Oh yeah, that really fun. Uh, Scream Six, the, I mean the latest installation in the greatest horror franchise. It's yes. still it. They're still great. Like they're still you have, just a blast. 
Do you have six over five? I think I do. I'm not 100% sure. I have six at a four-star, and then what did I give five? I think I gave five a four-star, too. No, that's Scream 4. Hot take, Scream 4 is... W. Yeah, it's the it's number two for me in the Scream series. Same. Oh, uh, God. Oh, yeah, I have Scream, the reboot from 2022, over Scream 6. Yeah. Okay. Just because I find it to be more emotional. Um, gotcha. Which, I mean, we all know why that movie was emotional. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Scream 1 is at number one, and then Scream 4 is just such a blast. Oh, I love Scream 4. Uh uh, that was also the, when I was rewatching them for Halloween, that was also the uh, only Scream movie where I didn't know who the killer was. So that was really fun. Um, like, just not knowing. Um, um, but number two, uh, I'm going to go Holdovers. Saw it on Christmas Eve. Just immaculate vibes. Uh and it's, I mean, perfect Christmas film. Paul Giamatti was excellent. I just loved it. So that's my number two. And then I don't really need to say anything to defend it because I don't think it needs any defense. Oppenheimer, number one. W. Best movie of the year. W. I, I saw it three times in the theater. Got better with every watch. Left me literally speechless. Uh, when I, like, I remember... The second time I saw it, I went and saw it with my mom and my dad and my sister. And we were sitting at dinner after. And they had, like, gotten worried because I hadn't said it single word. Because I was still just, like, absolutely blown away. It's just, oh, that that movie is just immaculate. Um, but biggest disappointments of the year. Uh, let's just, we're kind of, I don't know. We've been going for a while already. Uh, we're still getting used to this three hosts thing. We all just want to talk forever. Yeah. Uh, let's go with the biggest disappointment. Just one, uh, for each of us. Uh, Evan, did, uh, did you have one in mind? Yeah, I have one and I'm going to very briefly touch on two others. Uh, my biggest disappointment of the year is Megan. I fucking hate Megan. I think it is so boring. I watched the extended cut, the R rated version. Oh. This movie has no life to it. It is it is boring. The the kills mm-hmm. don't happen till the last like twenty minutes, and this movie's pushing an hour forty five. I yeah. really don't like it. I think it's it's just boring. And my biggest critique of a horror movie is when it's boring. Yeah. So yeah, I really don't like Megan. Two others I want to shout out is Insidious: The Red Door. I love most of the Insidious movies, even mm-hmm. like four. And whatever. Yeah. This movie is also painfully boring and it barely has a climax. Mm-hmm. It fizzles out so bad. My last shout out is the Mario movie. I don't like this movie at all. It feels like a cash grab. Oh, that, my, that it because it totally is. And my big dawning on why I don't like this movie is the scene with the Mario Kart stuff and they start playing Thunderstruck and take on me. Yeah. You have decades of Mario music to choose from, and you're picking famous songs. Like, come on. Yeah. This is, it it has such a disappointing soundtrack. I really don't like it. I think Anya Taylor Joy knocked on the park, though. Yeah. Okay. That's all I wanted to shut out. Uh, Jagger, what about you? What's your biggest disappointment of the year? Well, now I don't have to bring up the Mario movie. I mean, I will. 
I'll also quickly drag in Knock at the Cabin and Haunting in Venom. Um, I don't like either of them. I found uh, May December also pretty eh, but I could see why you could respect that one, but Knock at the Cabin and Haunting in Venice, I couldn't. But my biggest disappointment of the year, and even though it was like decently funny, uh, Dick's the Musical, I just did not find to be as good as it really could have been. Um, I think promoting an A24 musical, I feel like it needs to have something to it that makes it feel like the first big A24 musical, and I feel like this was lacking that character that a big A24 movie could have. I didn't uh, see that, did you, Trey? Dicks? No, not yet, but I want to. Yeah, I, I didn't love it, but I did like it. But I do think that as far as movies that I hyped up for myself, you could call it I think that that's my biggest one of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, Indiana Jones, I felt like had a lot of potential to be great, but just wasn't. I feel like James Mangold really fumbled the ball there with a really great, well-built-up IP. He really didn't have to too, do too much to make it good, but he and just, he's such a good director, too. He really is. It was, I was very excited for that. Just didn't work out. Um, I mean, I think Totally Killer uh, had a chance at being really, really good and really fun. And it was fine. It, it was just shit. It wasn't yeah. good. And the killer looked like Max Headroom, which I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I thought that was funny. Uh, <laughs> like, you guys know who Max Headroom is from the 80s? Oh, if you look up a picture of Max Headroom right now, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh did you yeah, just look just, up a picture? I just of looked Kevin? it up, yeah. <laughs> he totally looks like Max Headroom. Um, I was honestly disappointed by Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm on the lower end of the spectrum when it comes to ratings for this film. What do you I have think, it at? I have it at a three star. I think okay. Martin Scorsese really outdid himself. I think everything technically is outstanding. Um, I Lily Gladstone better win Best Actress um, in everything. Um, but I just, I couldn't get into it. I found it to be painfully boring and slow. I fell asleep and I don't fall asleep during movies. Damn. Um, I just, yeah, I couldn't enjoy it, but I can respect how great it was. Uh, Megan, yet another horror movie that it would have been so much better if it was rated R. Um, yeah, even the R rated cut didn't do much. They should have just went full out. Yeah. Cause there's um, not very many kills in the movie anyway. Yeah, and uh, no one will save you. That the uh, Hulu original, yeah, flick, I it was it was fine. It was solid, but I do feel like it could have been a lot better and had a lot of potential to be like one of the better alien flicks from recent memory. But it just wasn't. It didn't. It didn't hit that spot for me. I'm really you know? glad you brought it up. Um, but I, I do think 5. it had a lot of really good parts about it. Um, and really, it's quick. It's simple. Um, it's nothing too hard to comprehend. Um, but it just didn't do it for me. Uh, I love the alien designs in it. Oh yeah, just that classic fucking gray. Yeah, you know, that's big one eyes. of the parts really I loved great. about it. Is yeah, they, they look like the classic like little gray men um absolutely just like yeah uh but those are my disappointments um but yeah those are our top 10 of the year 
Um, we will post um, on our HQ. We'll post our list. We'll each post our list of the top ten of the year for us personally. Um, but let's get into uh, so today. It is Friday, and that means it's Kubrick time. Um, if this is your first time joining us, we every Friday we are breaking down uh, a couple movies from the goat director, the greatest director of all time, uh, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, we have already done, uh, we did Fear and Desire and, uh, Killer's Kiss, which Evan was here for last week. We did The Killing and Paths of Glory, uh, which were both excellent, excellent films. And today we will be reviewing, um, his classics Spartacus and Lolita. So I'm going to kick it off with Spartacus. I was the only one. Now, there will be separate people reviewing both movies this year uh, because uh, both of these movies are insanely long. And with our busy schedules, some of um, I think most of us, all of us, we're only able to get to one. Um, so Jagger and Evan will be reviewing Lolita for you guys, and I will be reviewing uh, Spartacus. Um, so let me pull up my page of notes here. Yes. Spartacus, uh, which was Stanley Kubrick's film after Paths of Glory, so a real genre change. Uh, it uh, came out in 1960, um, starring Kirk Douglas and Laurence Olivier, which this is not the first time we've talked about Laurence Olivier. We also talked about him with uh, Olivier. Olivier. Sorry, my dad just corrected me. My dad's a huge film nerd. Uh, and... He, uh, I do know that though. I don't know why I'm, yeah, Lawrence Olivier. Uh, we also talked about him with uh, It Happened One Night um, and with Rebecca, uh, just a master of the classics. Um, he is in It Happened One Night, I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% sure. I could be wrong. Um, but this movie, this is a film of epic scale. And I mean that metaphorically and literally. Uh, the rebellious Thracian Spartacus, born and raised a slave, is sold to gladiator trainer uh, Betitus. After weeks of being trained to kill for the arena, Spartacus turns on his owners and leads the other slaves in rebellion. As the re rebels move from town to town, their numbers swell as escaped slaves join their ranks. Under the leadership of Spartacus, they make their way to southern Italy, where they will cross the sea and return to their homes. Um, 3.8 overall on Letterboxd. I gave it a 4.5. Um, this was just masterful. Um, a thing that we have been talking a lot about with Kubrick as a director is how much he pushes the envelope with all of his films, how he does stuff that was not culturally accepted um, at the time, um, specifically in this film, there is a lot, there's no nudity, but there is a lot of just shots of like top, like there's a shot of a lady, she's in the bath, she's topless, you can't, there's no like, uh, there's no like graphic, like it's not like full frontal, but it's like, you can tell she ain't wearing anything. Um, so, and I mean, this came out in 1960, so that's, that is just one example of uh, him being like, yeah, I don't really care what everybody else thinks. I'm going to put this in my movie. Um, there's also a lot of really gratuitous violence in this film, um, which wasn't a huge thing at this time. 
Um, but the movie itself is just immaculate. It, I think it could have been... The thing that holds it back is I think there was a few scenes that felt dragged out. I think it could have been 30 minutes shorter. It clocks in at just over three hours. Um, I think this could have been like perfect if it was like a two and a half, two hours and 45 minutes. But I do think that that is... They can't go any shorter than that because of the scale of this story, because of of everything that happens. Um, Kirk Douglas as Spartacus is 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 amazing. Um, he's so good. Laurence Olivier uh, is also great. We get some great performances, a great score um, as well. Sorry, I'm trying to get through this. Uh, just a great film, um, and I would definitely recommend it to everybody listening. Um, even if you're not doing a Kubrick watch through, go watch this film. It's one of the greats. Um, it's so well done. And again, I can't reiterate the scale of this movie. Some of these shots were just, and that's a thing that I think from now on, we will be constantly talking about with Kubrick because that is one thing that he was the best at was his cinematography and his shot selection. And some of these shots are just unbelievable. Um, and I would definitely, especially for the both of you, um, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Um, it has some, it feels like if Indiana Jones and Gladiator had a baby, um, I'll be watching it for sure. It's definitely, it definitely take it, take out some time because it's a, like a one sitting type deal. Uh, yeah. it is a long movie. Um, but it's excellent. I loved it a lot. Um, maybe it's just me being a sucker for, uh, mid to late fifties cinema and that magical feel that that era of cinema exudes. Um, but I loved it. I had a blast with it. I think it's excellent. Um, yeah. Uh, go check it out. Uh, it's streaming on the history channel. If you subscribe to that, uh, I don't know anybody who does maybe my grandpa, maybe Jagger's grandpa who apparently listens to every episode. Um, also speaking of listeners, uh, we figured out, the three of us figured out, we have a guy in uh, uh, Bel Brussels, Belgium, um, who has listened to every single episode since the beginning. So if you're listening to this, which I'm sure you are, shout out to you, man. Thanks for the support. Hit us up on Twitter or TikTok or something, and maybe I will, we can bring you on and we can interview you and why you like this podcast so much, because I can't imagine why. Uh, <laughs> um, no, Spartacus, check it out. Excellent, excellent, excellent film. Um, but yeah, do you guys want to give your quick thoughts on Lolita? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Evan, I'll give it to you first, because I've got a tangent I would like to Yeah. Have. I do not have a whole lot to say about this movie. I did not particularly enjoy it. It is just gross. I, I don't know. I... I was kind of locked in. I knew what the movie was about going into it, so I knew what to expect grossness-wise, but it was still, you know, just fucking yeah. weird. Uh, yeah, for people that don't know, this movie is about a... This movie is basically a 1962 version of Call Me By Your Name. It is about a grown man grooming and having a romantic relationship with a 14-year-old girl. Yeah, it's very yucky. Um, <laughs> I did not love... I gotta pull up his uh, like Humbert, Humbert. I think. Yeah, Humbert, I didn't love Humbert. his performance. I don't know. His accent kind of annoyed me. That's just me. Um, I thought the performances were fine. Lolita was well acted. Um, 
she won a Golden Globe for oh, her really? performance in this yeah, movie. No, yeah, no, she was good in this. I felt like the beginning um, were spoiling. Yeah, go ahead. I won't be big on spoilers. Uh, the beginning and ending of this movie are very much like Sunset Boulevard, which I think Sunset Boulevard just did it better. If you've seen that, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's way too long. This movie is pushing 240. Like it's It's really long. It shouldn't be this long. It drags a lot. Yeah. I thought it was, you know, it had some moments of intrigue, but honestly, it dragged. It was weird. I could never really lock in because I was just kind of grossed out by it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's my lowest rated for sure from Kubrick. Like, my lowest rated Kubrick right now, I think, is Clockwork Orange of a four star. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe Doctor Strange Love. Uh, I'd have to look, but yeah, I wasn't a big fan. It's it's weird. I think the performances are fine. You know, it has those old vibes that I love. I love old cinema, really do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's too long. It's it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. That's all I gotta say. Jagger, right. what about you? Give us your thoughts. Give us our your rant. Okay, so this is a movie that made me really, really mad. Now, as far as, like, the Stanley Kubrick technical stuff goes, photography, it's good. It's a very, it's a good movie. But I think that it tries to convey this message of what this guy's doing is wrong, but it doesn't do it in a way that really amplifies the fact that what he's doing is wrong. Um, Trey, I know you didn't really watch this movie, so I can't really say on anyone's behalf. Yeah, I got like an hour in, and then I texted these guys, and I I was like, hey, guys, uh, this movie is making me really uncomfortable. Can you guys, you guys have already watched it. Can you guys just cover the review? I don't want to finish this. Yeah, so, like a chain of events, right? So it is this amazing hook opening. I loved the opening. I, I was like locked in right then. And then there's this guy. He goes to buy a house. When he goes to buy the house, he sees the daughter. Suddenly, he really wants to buy the house. The actress, like, this isn't like Greece either. The girl is supposed to be 12 years old, and they hire a 14 So this is a gen- This is a young girl. Right? Keep that in mind for the entire I think of it the other way around. She's supposed to be 14, but she's actually 12. No, no, no. The actress was 14. Oh. 12. Okay, my bad. So, um, yeah, Evan, you idiot. I was not God. very locked in on this movie. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> so keep that in mind that this is actually a young girl going through the acting process of this. Um, now, originally, this movie was supposed to be, in Stanley Kubrick's words, a lot more graphic and erotic and supposed to show repercussions a lot worse. Um, so, I mean, I'll leave it to Stanley to make a good movie, but, I mean... The, the, something about like a religious group came after him and said, absolutely not. You're not releasing this movie. And then he had to redo it. I mean, it happens with every single one of Stanley Kubrick's movies. Uh, he really tries to push the envelope, like you said. Um, so this was a book that was banned in a lot of places in the world as well. Uh, but let me go back to my review. So he really likes the girl. Uh, then a few things happen. He's with the wife. And then there's a scene where him and the wife are like kissing and getting intimate in their room and he's sort of like out of it and then he sees a picture of the actual 14 year old actress which is a really disturbing image when he looks at the girl and starts like moaning uh 
and suddenly gets really into what he's doing. Um, really a horrifying image. Uh, but that's when this movie really starts to ramp up being extremely uncomfortable and disgusting, but does this in a manner where it's sort of like, um, it does it in a manner where they really try to downplay what happens. So he does that and no one says anything about it. And it's like, oh, no one knows that he was looking at that picture. Maybe that's what's happening now. And then a few events go by, the wife kills herself. He doesn't care. Uh, after the wife kills herself, he drives immediately to go meet the 12-year-old girl. When he meets the 12-year-old girl, a chain of events happen. And as I said in the beginning of my letterbox review, you cannot downplay a grown dude having sex with a child. You can't try and play that off. And then once that happens, it just cuts from presumably him sexually abusing this child uh, to them just sitting in the car like nothing happened. And then they never give any repercussion for it through the entire rest of the movie. And I think that if anything disturbed me or disgusted me about this movie, it's the fact that this guy had sex with a 12 year old and no one brings it up. He doesn't bring it up. She doesn't bring it up. And they never have any consequence to the end of the runtime. No. And they try and act almost like what he did was fine. Uh, and I think that that's where this movie really bothered me. So, no, you, you can't downplay a guy having sex with a child. And I think that that's really all I have to say about this movie. Good movie, not enjoyable in the slightest bit, and tackles the theme that it's trying to tackle about as poorly as it can be done. So, two stars. I want to ask... Jager, have you seen Sunset Boulevard? No, I have not. Okay, then never mind. Because Sunset Boulevard kind of has that like character, you know, the movie starts with a dead guy and it it ends with a dead guy. Yeah. Full circle moment. And I mean, Sunset Boulevard came out in 1950, so really just felt like Kubrick was like, oh, I like that. And took yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, this is it's a weird movie. Like I would I thought to myself when I was watching it, I was like, man, the dialogue in this movie is so odd. It feels like some Billy Wilder shit. Like it's om- it's so uncomfortable that you laugh at it sometimes. Yeah. Like it it's just odd. It's really odd, yeah. 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 Um so yeah, Lolita, uh Spartacus, great films or er, great films, one not so great to experience, but it's well done. Um, let's, uh, usually right here we would do what we've been watching, but I think me and Jagger, uh, both, uh, gotta get out of here. Uh, we got plans, but, uh, before we get out of here, uh, Tuesday, we will be back uh, for our review of uh, Jar Behim. I think that's how you pronounce it. I can't yeah. remember how you say it. I did watch it, by the way. So You already watched it? Oh, man, I did you're watch way it. ahead of me. How was it? Opening thoughts? It's, it's fine. Okay. I've only seen two Indian movies, and one of them was RRR, and this was not as good as that, so I was just kind of disappointed. That's setting the standard pretty high. No, the, yeah. the music in Jar Behim is really fun. It's like that fun song where the lyrics are describing the exact thing that's happening on screen type yeah. thing 
Hell yeah. I liked it. We'll, we'll talk about it, but yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll be reviewing that on Tuesday. And then next Friday, oh boy, it's the start. From here on out. It's the heat. We will just be reviewing peak movies. What I think to be all five stars. Uh, what, what's so next Friday? Next Friday, we will not only be reviewing Stanley Kubrick's satirical war masterpiece, Dr. Strangelove. Fuck yes. But, which, Evan, have you seen it? Jagger's I've seen it, seen yeah. It. Oh, it's I've, so I funny. watched it in uh, poli in university. Uh, but we will also be reviewing, quite possibly, oh, my nephew is in here, uh, quite possibly the greatest film ever to be glimpsed by mankind, 2001, yes, A Space Odyssey. So that will be our episode next Friday. Please come back and join us with that. If you want to follow us on our socials, I am Trey the Film Noob everywhere. Jagger is Jagger Film, Fa- film Fan on Letterboxd. Jagger Film Reviews on uh, TikTok and Twitter. And Jagger the Movie Guy on Instagram and Twitch. Evan is Evan0567 on Letterboxd. Go check him out. Uh, join us next week for The Average Film Enjoyer. And we hope you have an outstanding rest of your day. Goodbye. Happy New Year's. Yes, Happy New Year's.